You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, Randy Newberg, and Corey Jacobson. After the hunt, learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like Hank Shaw and Jamie Tagan. Whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it, Outdoor Class will take your skills up a notch. Use code EMPIRE20 at checkout to save 20% off. Visit OutdoorClass.com to learn more. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And this is a very special episode of the Western Rookie because we have some true Western rookies as far as elk hunting goes. I shouldn't say total Western rookies, but I'm sitting down with three guys at Elk Camp 2022 who have all successfully killed their first bull elk. And it wasn't that long ago that I was in this position where I had just killed my first ever. And now we're in a camp where we really prioritize helping people get their first elk and it's been lights out so far this season. We're only halfway through already have five bulls down three of which were taken by first time hunters and or first time elk hunters. And we still have a lot of hunting left to do. So we'll see how it all pans out, but let's jump into this episode with Jason, Adam and Joe. You're listening to the Western rookie a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I've got three guys that have all killed bulls this week at Elk Camp 2022. Now, this is how many? How many of your first times? All of us. All of us. Your first time killing, but you've been at Elk Camp before. Yeah, I just didn't buy a tag. And then it's both of your first times. Yep. So we're going to go around clockwise, and uh, I'll, I'll do a quick intro. We've got Trinidad, a.k.a. Jason. He got the nickname Trinidad here at camp for absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and then we've got Adam. Adam's from Iowa. And, uh, well, I was going to say, and you killed your first bull, but that's the story of everybody, basically. And then we've got Joe. And so... We're going to go over all of the elk kills this week, talk about kind of how it all played out. We're missing one guy. He bailed out early. He said, I got my bull. I'm not helping pack anybody out. <laughs> uh, no, they uh, they had to be back for something. And so uh, five bulls so far. We've got one day left. And I think last year they killed two on 
on the final day that they were hunting. So we'll see how it turns out. But Jason, why don't you start out? Uh, where are you from and how long have you been hunting? So I grew up in uh, Chicago, uh, moved to Colorado in 99 for college, and I uh, went to CSU for Collins and uh, have stuck around Colorado since then. Had a couple of jobs that took me out of the state for a couple of years, but uh, made my way back. Um, I got into hunting, um, pheasant hunting, with a guy that I played uh, college hockey with, Sam Kincaid. Um, he took me out to Nebraska, and we uh, pheasant hunted uh, public land out there. Uh, forget the area, but um, that's basically how I got into it. Um, a couple years ago, I uh, pulled an elk tag and um, just kind of went out there on my own and poked around a little bit, but um, nothing like the camp here. Or, uh, so um, this was my first experience uh, like doing multiple days, seven days um, in the back country. Um, never, never hunted big game or never killed big game before. So um, it was all kind of new to me. Um, I've done a lot of like shooting classes and stuff like that. So feel comfortable shooting. Um, but the whole hunting aspect was new to me. Man, you came out ready to rip though. Like. <laughs> I remember the first night you got here, you're like, dude, whatever you guys want to do tomorrow, I'm in. I'll help pack. I'll just sit, I'll ride along. I don't care what you need. And uh, you just seemed pretty eager to learn right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to come in and uh, try to get the whole experience. And um, even if I didn't shoot anything, try to uh, be as much of a part of it as I could. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Adam. Uh, Adam Virgens out of Nevada, Iowa. Um, I've been hunting all my life. My uh, dad brought me up. It was a way of our living, I guess, and being around guns and everything like that. Always done trapping and deer, especially being from the Midwest, whitetail, number one thing, and pheasant. And then I met up with the Lachinsky boys, and they're like, have you ever hunted an elk? And I was like, no, it's on my bucket list, though. And like, boy, do we got something for you. And... They asked me to come out this year, and yeah, one of the greatest feelings in the world. Dude, you hit me up on social media, and you were like, hey, man, excited to meet you at elk camp. Heard a lot about you. And I'm like, who is this guy, and what <laughs> elk camp are you talking about? And you're like, with Sean and Shane. I was like, oh, shoot, he already knows. Like, this isn't just some random guy saying, hey, I'm showing up at elk camp. Um, but yeah, dude, it's been awesome hunting with you. And uh, we're going to get to your story here in just a second. Joe, what about you? Uh, my name's Joe Ewing. I'm from Lyman, Nebraska. Uh, pretty much hunted all my life. Um, mostly, I, li I really like hunting deer. Shot a lot of deer. Um, do some pheasant hunting, a lot of goose hunting, a lot of waterfowl, I guess you'd say. Um, so, yeah, uh, I ran into Shane. I worked, worked with him, and uh, we got to talking and stuff, and he says, hey, why don't you come up to elk camp and, and kick it with us, you know? So last year was my first year up. Um, I really never been big game hunting other than deer. And and he says, uh, come on up and try it, you know? So I asked if I could bring my boy along, Casey, and he's like, yeah, go for it. And we come up, and Casey decided to, uh, he wanted to get a tag, and I was like, well, I'm going to hold off and let's see what this is all about. And 
So I didn't get a tag last year. He shot one opening morning at like 8.30 in the morning, and we packed it out. It took us till I think we got back to the side-by-side -side about 3.30, 4 o'clock, and it was a lot of work. And then this year I, I decided to uh, buy a tag and give it a go. Heck, yeah. It's been it's been a wild first, like, few days. And now, I mean, looking at the whole week, five yeah. bulls down in camp. It's one, crazy. One that got away. Uh, they definitely put in the work to try to find that thing, but unfortunately they couldn't. But lots of packouts. Holy cow. I've yeah. never been a part of so many packouts in <laughs> one week. This has been nuts. Yep. So we're going to go through and, in chronological order, talk about the elk hunts and how they all played out. So, I mean, who was, were, who was with for which elk hunts first? Uh, jo uh, Joe and Adam. Was with me. You guys were together for Adam's. Yep. Yep. Adam and I, or Joe and I were together for Joe's. Yep. And then um, <clears throat> for mine, um, I had Sean, Fish, Thad, and Beck with me. Okay. And I had Fish. Well, and I was, was going to say, I think his first night here, he went to spike camp. No. Then you go up and sleep second, on the mountain? Second night. Second, second night. night, yep. Second night, yeah. Yep. And each each day, it's just been, I feel like we've kind of called it like, hey, someone's going to shoot a bull down in this area. Yep. And it just keeps on happening. Yep. And hearing from some of the other hunters around here, like we talked to some guys today from West Virginia, and they were like, Dude, we used to see elk all the time here, and it doesn't seem like we can find anything now. What the heck? Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And on our end, we're like, well, shoot, man. <laughs> We've shot six bulls so far. Yeah. We don't tell everybody that because then they're going to start following us around. And then seeing how many on top of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it it's definitely a good feeling riding through yep. and uh, watching people just stare at your side-by-side -side or your four-wheeler as you come by <laughs> with a rack. Yeah. They're, like, tapping their buddy. They all <laughs> pop out and look. Uh, we moved camp one time uh, because the road getting back to where we normally camp was so muddy. We had three trailers get stuck. Well, one trailer gets stuck twice, and then another trailer gets stuck. We had to hook trucks up to them, hook side-by-sides up to them, pull them out. Luckily, the road dried out enough to where we could all move back down to where we are now. And, uh, it, man, it was a muddy mess. Luckily, we got out here just in time for a snowstorm, and now the roads are even worse than what they were before. <laughs> yeah, talk definitely. about mud. Yeah, it's, it's been wild. So uh, starting out day one, I mean, we didn't do a lot of scouting this year. Normally, we get out and scout a bunch before and just figure out kind of where the, where the elk are moving, but this year we didn't. And uh, we decided to go back in, and it was kind of going to be a first-day scouting mission. Uh, we got back in there. Obviously, we had rifles that were loaded, ready to rock, and we get back in there, and we just we saw a bunch of elk up high. We didn't see really anything down low, and we just kept on pushing and pushing, and it was like, at first, there were four of us all together. It was me, Fish, Beck, and Justin, and Beck kept saying, man, like, uh, uh, once we get to that finger, I'm turning around. Like, there's, I need to be hunting, and I'm like, dude, what do you think we're doing out here, man? We got loaded <laughs> rifles. We're hunting right now. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I just don't want to go any farther. And, and so they, they finally bailed out him and Justin. I was like, Hey, why don't we stay in twos? You know, like this country out here is unforgiving as you guys yeah. figured out on Adam's pack out. 
Um, but we got back in there and it was, it was no man's land. I mean, I've been told a couple times by people, Hey, if you see an elk back here, just don't even think about it. Like it's gnarly getting it out. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, never plan on shooting one back there. And saw all these cows and spikes and raghorns up on the mountain. And then I saw a bedded bull and it was a five by five. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I just want to, you know, take a peek at it. Wasn't planning on shooting it at all. And we watched it for probably 15, 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden I see movement to the left. And I was like, that looks like a much bigger body than that five by five that's bedded down. And then I see these whale tails on it. And I was like, hey, fish, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but just so you know, I'm probably going to go shoot that bull right now. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and right before Beck and Justin left, we had seen the cows up high. And he's like, Beck was like, Dan, Dan, do not shoot an elk back there. And I was like, okay, whatever, whatever. So sure enough, this thing steps out and uh, I get a good look at it. And I was like, yep, this is happening right now. And so it was at 880 and I ranged a uh, like glassing knob that was probably another 300 yards from me. And so I figured I'd get within at least 700 because it wasn't a straight line. You know, I had to kind of cut diagonally. And so I was like, I'm going to cut the distance by a couple hundred yards probably. And we get up there and I start glassing looking for the bedded bull because it was wide open. And I was like, if I find that, I'll find the other one. And the bedded bull was gone. And so I start panning the hillside and here these two bulls are standing right, right behind one another, like single file heading up the mountain. And I range them and they were at 637 and they had no plan of moving. They were just standing there staring our way. And I quickly dialed my turret, pulled the trigger, watched it buckle. And I'm like, that was a good hit. And Fish was like, yeah, it was. But it was still standing there. So I reloaded, <laughs> sent another round, and he just folded right there. And at that point, the 5x5 five five just kept standing there. <laughs> And so I was like, Fish, you want to shoot that one? And he's like, no, man. No, I can't shoot that far. I was like, dude, use my gun. And he's like, no, I better not. <laughs> and so we let that one walk. But, I mean, it was, it was quite the endeavor getting it out. First, I went over by myself because we didn't know how the canyon that we had to cross was pretty steep. And I didn't know if I'd find it again once I got to the other side or, you know, it, it would have been difficult or I thought it would be difficult. So Fish stayed back to kind of guide me to it. And as soon as I crossed the canyon, I had a gap in the trees where I, I had spotted four dead trees that I was like, dude, it's just to the right of those. I'm going to go up there. And so I, I was able to walk all the way over to it, quartered it out that night. Uh, and then we had a team of six of us that went in the next day and packed it out. Oh, and while I was quartering it out, Fish is sitting there glassing the whole time. And he calls me and he's like, dude, you've got elk right above you like within a hundred yards and they were bugling like crazy. I mean, right above me. And I'm like, dude, you gotta be kidding me, man. I wish we brought like 10 people back in here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was it. The next day we went back in, packed it out. It was a full eight hour day packing it out. And uh, that's the same day that yep. Adam popped. Actually, you shot one before we actually dropped in to pack it out. We saw you guys over there at your bull when we started going down. Yep. So, 
start to finish, how did that play out? I mean, did you guys see it right away when you got out of the side-by-sides or did it take a little while to find? So uh, there was four of us. And like we mentioned earlier, Joe was with, and then his boy, Casey, and then Shane. And we went over yonder and Shane looked at me and he's like, well, you're gonna go with me up here in glass or are you gonna go with Joe and Casey? I was like, well, I don't care. Just tell me what way to go. He's like, well, you haven't gone in yet, so go with Joe and Casey. Well, then, like, every every other rule, you know, you always pick a first gun and a second gun. So I looked at Joe, and I said, well, well you... and the way that that works is if you haven't killed yet, you're at the top of the list. Yep. If you have killed, you automatically go to the bottom. So if you're in basically immediate proximity of somebody else, if you've killed more recently than they have, they get to go first. Yep. And And so, yeah. Yep. And uh, so Joe, <laughs> Joe looked at me and he's like, oh, no, your first gun, your first gun. Don't even ask your first gun. I was like, ah, crap. OK, well, I didn't even think I was going to see anything or whatnot. So I just grabbed my gun and started walking down the hill with them. And all of a sudden, Casey's like, hey, I got a nice five by five. I was like, oh, whatever. Not this quick. And all of a sudden he showed me and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. OK, well, then we're looking at the mountain and. The mountain just looks like ants. It's like, well, all right, let's let's look a little bit longer. <laughs> and Casey and Joe are like, what are you talking about? Like, you better, you're about to lose first spot if you don't hurry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And finally, I was like, all right, all right, looks good enough. So we set up across the canyon, and I was like, well, what do, what are we at? And they're like, 900. I was like, I don't feel comfortable there. Well, to go back, even previously to elk camp. You and I sat out at Shane's, and we were sitting there sighting our rifles in. And I was like, yep, 200, bullet on bullet, I'm good. And you're like, nah, you better, you better try the 600, you know, just so you, you know what your range is. Like, nah, I'm good. You know, Shane's told me, two to 400, you're good to go. Yep, yep, no problem. And you're like, uh, no, let's shoot some 600s. Glad I listened to you. So then we get down there. And we were like seven and a half, I believe. Well, we ran into those other hunters. Yep. And uh, we ran into some other hunters and looked at them like, well, do you guys, are you guys going to go after them? And they're like, no. You, you realize that's two and a half mile hike out of there. We're like, yeah, and? <laughs> so we went down a little <laughs> bit farther. That's an farther. easy pack out around here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially compared to yours. <laughs> and uh, we went down probably another 50, 75 yards and... We found that five by five again, and uh, Joe goes, "Well, he's at 700 now." I was like, "All right, I I can do that. 700 is just fine." I was like, "Let's take him." So then we got all set up and pulled the trigger, and all of a sudden he wasn't around, and we're like, "Ah, oh, crap!" So we're looking and looking, and he was he was following right behind three cows. And those three cows took off running. The hill started scattering. We're like, um, we're not seeing him. Well, then we got the plan to, uh, you know, okay, I'm going to go down. Joe's going to stay there. Casey's going to go back up to the side-by-side and wait. What, what was your feeling in that moment? Because there's, there's two ways that can go. You don't see him, so you either think, man, he went down, or you're going, dude, we don't even know where to look other than where I shot at him. You yep. know, he could, All the country honesty, that we hunt in, they disappear like that. I don't know how they do it. But oh, they, you, they you do. can blink and they're gone. But all honesty, I was like, crap, I missed him. You know, 
they, they told me to go down and go over there. Joe was going to stay behind and flag me to the area where I shot. Because when I pulled the trigger, my gun went up. Well, then I lost track where I shot. Well, then Joe was sucking gun. He's like, I got the area, I got the area, but I can't see him. But he hasn't come out. I was like, okay, okay, no problem. You know, we'll go find him. Well, then Casey went up there side by side. Joe stayed behind. And, you know, being from Iowa, it's flat ground. Well, here, yeah, it's basically <laughs> like trying to climb up skyscrapers. There might be one rock that's flat in the whole valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that's a big maybe. And so I went down and went over and kept looking back at Joe. And he was doing left and right. And finally I got up and all of a sudden I just see this five by five sitting underneath a tree. And, you know, it's, it's one of those moments. And I mean, if, if you've had a bucket list animal and you've shot it, it's, it's an understatement of the feeling. I mean, I can't even explain it. And I took my hat off and I started waving it so hard and so fast to signal Joe that I found it. And I just went over to that critter and yeah, I put my hand on it and it was like, I got you. Because so many people have doubted me for doing this and accomplishing that. It was just un unbelievable. What? Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Why why are people doubting you? And so at age twenty one, I was diagnosed with carcinoid cancer. Um, at a, age twenty one, I had surgery, and I had a softball sized tumor removed off of my horseshoe kidney. Usually, people have two kidneys that are in the back, run down, and then meet up. Mine is one kidney looks like a horseshoe, right in the middle of my abdomen, and. Uh, so I had that removed, was doing great until about three, four years ago, and then another one popped up. And they didn't believe that they could remove it all without taking uh, three quarters of my kidney. So they ended up taking three quarters of my kidney. And so then I turned around and things were looking good. And like a year later, I was diagnosed again but this time it's my liver. Well, then it went my liver, my lymph nodes, my lower back, bo uh, bones in general. And so last, it was actually two years ago I got invited out here. Well, then people doubted me last year and I let it get into my mindset. Well, then I got diagnosed with the liver stuff and I turned around and said, screw it. You know what? I'm done letting people doubt me. I'm gonna do what I want when I want. I'm going to live life to the fullest of every day. So I got invited again this year and took it up. And my wife pushed me and pushed me and pushed me to come out here. Came out here and accomplished what doubters said I couldn't do. And you did it with style, man. <laughs> like, where you shot it, I mean, that's not an easy pack out, period. No. On top of that, you just dialed your gun in for 600. And at 700, you put it right through the heart one shot. Yep. And dude, the the amount of work that goes into this, people don't understand it. I mean, like nobody does. They're like, "Oh man, I want to come out and hunt." And I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> you might have a hard time climbing in a tree stand, well, much less packing out, you know, a 50-pound quarter." Yep. Well, miles. it's like everything you see on TV, it's, you know, it's leading up to the shot. 
but they never show the aftermath of that. Yeah. You know, breaking it down on the mountain, throwing it in your backpack, then walking the quarter mile down with snow, mud attached to your boots, everything, and then all of a sudden you got a 45 to 65 degree angle upward for half a mile. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it was every 10, 15 steps, I had to stop. Yeah. I mean, it's, you wanna get in shape, you come on out here and throw 100 pounds <laughs> in a backpack and start. You either wanna get in shape or you wanna die, that's what you do. Yes, yeah. exactly. No, it's definitely, it's grueling packing out an animal for yes. sure no matter yep. how far it is yep and the the terrain we're in is unforgiving i mean you guys had a couple people roll their ankles before yeah. you even got to the incline part yep i think uh yeah shane rolled it going up casey rolled and then it going casey down. rolled it going down and then when Casey fell down, he couldn't even get up because his backpack got hooked on a tree. Well, it yeah. was so funny because we were we were packing in to go get my elk, and we see we see you guys up there, and we see you flagging us up, and we're like, dude, we're not going anywhere right now. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. We've got we've got a four mile <laughs> trek ahead of us one way. Yep. And and then we saw Casey coming down the mountain and so we're like oh we'll just wait for him. Well then Casey disappears for like 15 minutes and we're like dude he should be down here by now. And then he finally pops out and he tells us what had <laughs> happened that he had fallen and he got hung up and stuff cuz he had two full quarters. Yep. I mean not boned out. Yeah. Two yeah. full quarters. And he had fallen down, and they got trapped under a tree branch, and he's, like, wiggling, trying to get out of his backpack. And, oh, man, I wish I would have seen it. I probably wouldn't have helped him. I probably would have videoed the whole thing, though, <laughs> just watching him wiggle around there. But, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so what were you shooting? What gun and what caliber? I shot a uh, Savage 110 300, uh, 300 wind mag. Nice. That's awesome. And, just, yeah, I guess I didn't say it. I'm, I was shooting a uh, Browning. Hell's Canyon and 300 PRC. Yep. And that 300 caliber round, it's awesome. But people think that you have to have it to elk hunt, and you really don't. I mean, I've shot elk 600 yards plus with the 6.5. I know Sean swears by his 270. I mean, he's like, dude, I hunt with that 270 all the time. And a lot of people back in Wisconsin, when I told people, they're like, oh, you got to have 300 caliber round. You got to have whatever. And I'm like, hmm. Nope, you sure don't. There's a lot of dead elk to prove it. That's that's how it is, like, in the Midwest. Everyone's like, oh, you need this big gun. And it's like, you come out here and, you know, you see the locals and, yeah, no, it's 270, 308, 6.5 Creedmoor. And it's like, I wish they would have told me that. So I didn't have such a heavy gun. Well, and I feel like a lot of people say that back there because they're shooting whitetails with 308s and 300 rums. And I'm like... Do you not like meat? Like, there's not going to be much left of that animal. Uh, Jason, you got to camp, and you went out immediately the next day. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Um, there was five of us. We went, um, it was probably like an hour to two-hour quad ride in, and then um, dropped into a real steep um, canyon um, from trailhead to where we actually started hunting uh we were planning on spending the night was probably um camp spot was probably a mile or, mile or two in started hunting you know um three four miles in um there was five of us so i was actually 
priority, like, third of the group. So wasn't expecting really to, to shoot or anything like that, you know, kind of going along, pack something out, um, just going along for the experience. Um, the way it worked, um, as we hiked in, the three of them wanted to push through and just get to camp set up because it was like middle of the day and they didn't expect to see see anything going on and, and uh, hunt the evening. And uh, they kind of pushed through. Me and Fish hung back on the uh, first pitch we were dropping into and just kind of glassed. Um, and we started seeing some some activity, Some saw a uh, pack of bulls and um, kind of watched them. And we actually um, decided to go pursue them. And as we did, another hunting group came and kind of pushed them off. So then uh, we heard some whistling. And uh, there was some shooting going on around us. So it actually stopped the, the first three that went in from um, moving on to set up camp. And they were waiting for us at the bottom of the first pitch. And so we came, we heard them whistling, we went down there. And uh, we decided just to set up camp right there instead of going all the way to the back and uh, setting up camp there. So we set up camp, and then um, Sean, who has been hunting the area for 10 years, um, kind of made out a plan for us. And um, the first three were going to hunt this meadow, and then me and Fish went on past them and... Um, I think it was closer to the area that Dan, you shot one. And um, so we got into, they set up before us, we pushed past them, and uh, we were just hanging out, glassing. Um, fish took a nap. <laughs> and uh, so I, you know, it was my first day, big game back there. I was super excited and decided to go hike around and uh, see if I could get a different angle. And um, just glass more of the area. And then when I came back to find him, he had woken up and um, he said he spotted a, a bedded, bedded uh, bull and um, it was just laying there and, he, and he, he asked me and he's like, you think that's a fancy elk? And I was like, I looked and I couldn't really tell, but I just decided to be like, yeah, that's one just because just to keep us moving. And so we decided to pursue it. We, we ranged it then, and it was just out of 1,000 yards. And then there was a ravine between us, and we're going to push into the next finger to get a better look at it. And we did. And as we did, we came up over the ridge, and we, and we saw it again and ranged it again, and we were at like 420 there. And um, he asked me if I was comfortable shooting there. I, I actually tried to get him to shoot it, and um, he wouldn't. He told me it was... It was my shot. So, um, to be honest with you, when I was when I was sighting my gun in to come out here, um, I ran out of ammunition, and um, I um, was shooting, and then I made one last correction to my scope, and didn't get to another, fire another round before I came here. So I wasn't uh, that confident in in my uh, in my scope or my sights and. Um, so we're at 420, and um, he won't shoot it. So he's like, this is your, this is your, this is your shot. Um, I'm going to follow your lead. And we were talking. The wind was in our face, kind of left to right. 
and he was just sitting there, not moving the whole time. He watched it for 20 minutes before I got there. And uh, so then it kind of sunk in that I'm going to have to uh, shoot this animal. And um, so the adrenaline started going, and uh, I wasn't comfortable at 4.20. So he wanted to kind of work around the mountain and come in at a different angle because he thought if we went straight in, he would see us. And um, I decided just to, just to push in there. So we kind of came off to the right and uh, just tried to hide behind trees. Got into like uh, 350. And um, I actually took a shot and my magazine wasn't loaded right. It didn't load. My round didn't load. So I uh, misfired. And then we snuck in. We got into 315. And once we got into 315, I couldn't see it anymore. He still could see it. And it took me a long time to, to find it. And then eventually I saw it. And you could see with your you know, naked eye, it was just like big yellow body. And he was uh, facing towards our right, head down, just grazing. And um, I was ready to shoot. And I was like, I'm going to shoot. And then he turned and looked at us. He didn't turn and look at us, but he, he changed his direction and started going back to the left. And I was like, I'm going to shoot. And Fisher was like, no, no, no. And then right before he started to take off, he must have heard us talking or something. And he looked up at us. And I was like looking through my scope. And he just like, we just like made eye contact. And I just knew that I had to uh, shoot then. So I was like, I'm shooting. Shot. And uh, couldn't tell if I hit him. He kind of like, you know, um, made some kind of movement. And then he went down the mountain towards us. And he got into, I think, uh, probably 200 yards. And, um, and then he stopped. And, I, and then I backed my scope off, put it back in on him. And then he started to go back up the mountain. I was like, I'm shooting again. And I shot again. And then um, disappeared. And we stayed there for a couple of minutes, you know, five minutes. And uh, didn't see any kind of activity or anything like that. So we just decided to go in there and see if he was alive. Walked in, and, uh, yeah, he was facing us. Uh, he was dead. I mean, I was super nervous walking up, walking up to him. Um, you know, just put my hand on him. And uh, we, we were hoping that the other guys with our group would maybe have heard us and um, would be able to come and help us. But they didn't hear or anything like that. So we just started to um, quarter him and uh, clean him up, hung him. Um, it was dark by the time we got that done. Took the hindquarters. I made a super amateur move and brought a day pack. I didn't even have a pack to put any meat in. You know, I wasn't even planning on shooting, so I just had a little backpack. So I had to just throw the hindquarter. We didn't get to bone it out over my shoulder and hike it out. We probably had a mile or two to get back to camp. And uh, we finally got back there. They had a fire going. We walked in, and they were like, is that meat over your shoulder? <laughs> They're like, we're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Caveman style. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, cut a little off, ate a little bit, and uh, and then we went to bed. But, um, yeah, it was an incredible experience. Um, yeah, I'll never forget it. All right, guys. Unfortunately, seasons are starting to come to an end all across the country. And a lot of people start to lose hope at this point in the year. But here's a couple tips and tricks that just may help you find success in the late season. Number one, 
Watch the weather. If you have a good snowfall out there, you need to be out there glassing or walking the woods, looking for fresh tracks of the big bull or the buck that you've been after all season long. Get up on a glassing hill and scan the opposing ridge lines with the spotting scope. Figure out where the animals are moving. There's no better way to know animal behavior than going and finding fresh tracks the day after a snow. Also, don't be scared to get aggressive in the late season. At this point in the year, if you blow an area out, you've got nine months before you'll be back in there. So push the limits just a little bit more. Step outside your comfort zone. If you're looking for those extra tools to help you find success in the late season, check out what's new from Vortex at vortexoptics.com and head to your favorite Vortex dealer to make sure you're ready for everything fall can throw at you. So you guys both didn't think that you were first shot. No. What, I mean, do you think that helped you out or hurt you in the long run? Do you think maybe it would have played mind games with you, like the anticipation, like, man, if we see one, I'm up, instead of, like, all of a sudden you see one and then you're told, hey, it's time to go, you're shooting? In all honesty, I think it, uh, it it's, brings a light to reality that you never know when your turn is but always be prepared for that situation. Yeah. Like I will, even today when we were glassing, I mean, I still had a backpack on my shoulders glassing. Yeah. I am never leaving a backpack behind again. It will always be with me. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for me, yeah, it definitely helped. It was um, from like moment we saw it to pursuing it. It was, um, there wasn't enough time to like stop and think. We had to just like, keep pursuing, keep moving. Um, and so, yeah, it, it didn't allow my mind to, like, creep in to, like, uh, make a mistake or anything like that. You know, I um, I kind of felt like this was my opportunity, and I wanted to just pursue it as hard as I could, do the best I could, and uh, and hopefully it worked out. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't... didn't uh, didn't allow my mind to run into, you know, a lot of things, but. Yeah. Well, dude, it doesn't sound like having a day pack slowed you down at all. I've been hearing stories ever since about how much of an animal you are out there on the mountain packing out meat. <laughs> Sean was like, dude, I was like, man, I'm going to make it up the mountain. I'll come back and help you out. I'll grab your gun. And you're like, nope, I'm doing it. I'm doing it all. And he's <laughs> like, dude, he is a workhorse. Yeah, that, that was important to me. I wanted yeah. to. um if I did shoot, I wanted the animal to die quickly, and I wanted to uh, put in as much effort as I could to get it out of there. Yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, taking in everything, because the trigger squeeze accounts for a second, or if you take a couple shots, you know, a short amount of time, whereas the whole experience is what we're all out here for. You know, anybody can go and buy meat at the grocery store, but actually being out here and living it and seeing these animals and putting in the work, like... Steve Ranella talks about it all the time. It's type two fun. Yep. It, like type one fun is roller coaster. You know, it's like, oh, this is exciting. It's exhilarating. And then you never think about it again. Yep. Type two fun, it's work and it's grueling. And packing meat up the mountain is just like, it's never going to end. We're never going to get to the top. And then <laughs> as soon as you get there, you're just like, oh, yes, a side by side, a four wheeler. <laughs> and then you go, I would do that all again right now. Oh, yeah. And you'll look back on these 
these memories and the work that was put into it and it'll all be worth it and you'll want to come back out and do it again so that's awesome definitely yeah i think uh i grew up playing ice hockey and uh you can see a man's character i always said within a shift or two of like who that man is and i think hunting's the same way you know um you can kind of see what kind of a man people are you know when, when you're back there and um there's a lot of work that needs to be done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what gun were you shooting and what caliber? I was shooting a M1A1 Scout uh, 308. Um, it was like a um, seven seven uh, seven millimeter. No seven. Um, my scope was. Uh, oh. Wow. Yeah. Seven power. Seven power. Yep. Nice. Joe, you're up. Most recent. I mean, we are fresh off the – well, I, w- I would say we're fresh off the mountain, but we got it done and packed out by noon. Yeah. Easiest pack out of the week for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah by the way, I need a water, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> we have a rule around camp that if you shoot an elk, you are beer bitch for the night. And it's not only beer. It's any type of drink that somebody wants. And so we've all taken turns so far this week, the four of us. We've been getting a lot of drinks. Yes. Tonight was my turn. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, we kind of just, first day we got here, we got here on uh, Friday and uh, got stuff set up Saturday morning, me, Sean, Casey, and Addie. We went in the side-by-side, just kind of went scouting, kind of split up a little bit, you know. Um, you guys went your way, and we went a different way. Uh, so everybody wasn't in the same spot. Didn't really see nothing. And then uh, the next day, we kind of went out, and I think Sean might have packed in that day. And I can't remember. But we, we went to a few different spots looking, and, Really, we, we'd see some, but they were kind of out there. We made a plan. We'd seen some really nice bulls um, come up in a little uh, meadow. And so we made a plan to pack in. So me, um, Casey, and Addie packed in. We got set up, and uh, I looked to my right, and there's a hunter down below us, right where the elk were walking. Oh, man. And I'm like, oh, crap. So we're sitting up on the hill, and we wouldn't see him much. And then, then uh, my boy Casey goes, uh, Dad, there's another hunter down, down in front of us. So I got to glass, and sure as heck, you know, there was another guy. So there was two guys there. And it was getting about dark. Here come this herd, and there was a nice bull in there. There, there were several bulls, but there was one really nice one. And they were kind of heading our way. And the one guy that was to the right of us must have seen him, and he started kind of put a sneak on him. And I don't know if they smelled them or actually what happened, but they kind of got a little nervous, you know, and started kind of running towards us, but more to our left. And the hunter in front of us, I was surprised he didn't shoot, but that other guy did that was to the right, and that whole herd just took off. So we we took off chasing them, running up, thinking, okay, they're going to go this way, going to go that way. It didn't work out. They went the wrong way. Yep. <laughs> so uh, 
So we hiked back out of there. That about killed me. <laughs> I was huffing and puffing, just getting off of this little little knoll. It wasn't even much to walk on. You didn't even know what real work was at that point. No, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I helped Casey pack out the year oh, before, yeah. but um, that it was only, I bet it wasn't even a quarter mile from the side by. And, oh, geez. We need we, to start hunting with Casey more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? So, uh, so just kind of just been hitting it hard, just going around trying to go out all the time you know um we uh ended up i don't think we hunted wednesday at all because i wanted to get the camper out of there before the snowstorm come in because it was a booger getting in there and stuff was getting dry and i thought man i'm 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 moving closer to the highway before before stuff happens and we uh did that so wednesday we pretty much didn't hunt um thursday morning we went out and uh went down a road that most people don't say don't go down it because it's pretty pretty bad you know it keeps the other hunters out for the most well it, until this does. year yeah wow. yeah so we went down this hill and and uh it was pretty rough got to the bottom stopped just kind of glassed around well we glassed from the top there found two two little bulls it started snowing um one was a spike, and the other one we couldn't really tell if it was a shooter bull or not, but it didn't look much bigger. You know, it was inside the ears and stuff, so Casey's like, well, Dad, you want to go down? And I'm like, not really. You know, <laughs> I said, uh, if that was a big monster, yeah, I'd be I'd be willing to do it, but it's, it's inside the ears. It, it can't be much bigger than that spike, you know, and we didn't know if it was legal. He goes, well, he kept pushing me. Let's go, let's go, you know, and I'm just like, let's go at least look, and I'm just looking at this hill. I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to walk down there and then find out it's, you know, a two-pointer or something, you know, so I was like, ah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to sit right here, and and then we come back, and and then uh, that's kind of when we ran into you, and, and then that's, you know, it really started snowing that one night, and that evening we went out and we got to the top it was cold snowing snow blowing our eyes and you just couldn't see nothing and then pretty soon Casey goes I think there's a cow down there's, there's something laying right here and I tried looking I couldn't see it you as Dan was looking you know and and uh we finally figured out it was just a mule deer so uh we uh did a little more scouting. It got real foggy. Couldn't really see much. And then it would clear up. You could see a little bit. And then we seen a few. And and then we said, uh, let's hit that in the morning, you know. And then uh, this morning we went out, and it was uh, cold as heck. I when we, when we got there, it was cold up on top. It just gets more and more brutal. Oh, yeah. The, the higher up you get. And they say every 1,000 feet you lose 10 degrees. Yeah. And it... <laughs> If that's the case, we went 5,000 feet higher than where we are at <laughs> yeah. camp. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and we, we was glass, and we seen, uh, what did we see, one bull? That one bull that would come out in that pasture, yep. way out there. And then two more popped out out there. And then two more popped out, and uh, we was looking at him. was like, ah, you know, we was kind of trying to make a plan. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if it was you or Casey that seen. Casey, yeah. Yeah, Casey seen one real close coming towards us thought it was a mule deer yeah i thought it was a mule deer and uh yeah we just kind of hung out there and watched and pretty soon somebody said hey here comes another one and uh they ranged it and i think it was 900 yards or something i can't remember but it, it was kind of walking towards us so that that was kind of cool and i thought oh this could make my life a lot easier yeah. trying to pack something out you know <laughs> well, and at that point we realized both both of what 
we initially thought were mule deer because of how close they were. Yeah. We were like, oh, they're muleys. We saw them down here the other night. No, they were both bull elk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they said that second one's a bigger one. So let the first one go by. And they were coming through some, um, oh, they had a fire here a while back and there was a bunch of dead burnt trees. And then there was some cedar trees and the first bull went in the cedar trees and about 300 yards behind that was uh, a little bigger bull and he was he was following that first bull's path so it, i guess when they when they first seen the first bull i ran back to the side by side because he was probably 40 yards maybe from the side by side yeah and uh, i ran back i grabbed the pack because i wanted to lay down to shoot and i so i set the gun up on the pack and it uh, was walking and i don't know if it was sean or or dan that was saying hey this uh this bull is at uh, 700, 600, 540. And then, so I was turning the turret to 540 and, and uh, it kind of stopped right before it went into the, into the cedar trees. I squeezed off a trigger. I wasn't sure if I hit it or not. And somebody said, you hit it. And then uh, it uh, was walking into the cedar trees it laid down, and we really couldn't make it out. I, I couldn't really see it. Dan could see it. Sean could see it. But I couldn't see it. You know, they're looking through binoculars and stuff. And, and we, then, I, when, it, when it first went into the cedars, I saw, like, the antlers sticking up. Yep. And then it looked like it either dropped or bedded down. And so I was like, okay, he's down. He hasn't come out yet. Yep, yep. And uh, so Sean finally got me on it. I fired another round or two, and I couldn't, but it was going through cedar trees, and I could just barely see part of the head, so I was trying to shoot it, like, in the back of the head because it was looking away from us. And then Sean's like, let's move over here. He goes, let's, let's try to get a little bit closer. So I think we got, when I went down that little knoll, then it was, like, 450. He goes, it's 450. So I turned the turret again to 450 and uh, squeezed off another round and, and then I just heard Dan say, he's down, you know. <laughs> well, I'm really, really thankful. I, I'm not sponsored by phone scope or anything. But with how brutal cold it was, just trying to oh, stay yeah. on it, I had my phone scope set up so I could put my mittens and my hand warmers <laughs> back yeah. on. Yeah. And I'm, like, shaking, and the whole video of it is, like, <laughs> shaking. And then finally, when you squeezed off that final round yeah. i wasn't even touching it i'm like <laughs> we we didn't know you were going to shoot because you guys were down quite a ways from us and then i just yep. hear Poof, and i just see the rack dump, dump over yep. and i was like yep. he's down he's down yeah it was so cold i my first shot when i got that backpack out my fingernails felt like they were going to pop off i mean my <laughs> hands were so cold it was like holy cow but yeah it was it was a real exciting hunt um I, I came to elk camp, like I said, um, my first year. I didn't buy a license. I just come to hang out, drink a few beers, you know, just hang out with the guys, see what it was about. And then then this year I was like, I'm going to buy a tag. And Casey's like, I think I'm going to buy a tag too. I was like, well, that's two of us, you know. And, and there's a pecking order here. Um, like Dan said, if you if you shoot a bull, then, then uh, you drop to the bottom of the list. Um but uh yeah it was uh it was real exciting and and, and the other thing is too is if it's uh if you sh if you're first shooter you get a shot you miss who's ever next it's it's fair game that's when adam you like know I, like shane told me 
when you're first shooter, you get first shot. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yep. yep. And I told Adam on his bull, I said, I'll back you up. If you miss, um, I'm right there, you know. And like he said in his story, when he shot, Casey was trying to film off the same tree. It was a dead tree. <laughs> um, and he laid down across it and uh, was shooting off this dead tree. Casey was filming off a branch that come up. Well, when he shot, the recoil ended up shaking the video. Oh, so man. it kind of messed up the video, you know. But, yeah, and, and on Adams, he's like, I'm not real sure if I want to shoot this or not. You know, I kind of like it a big one. And Casey has a camera that um, he bought instead of a spotting scope, and you can just zoom in a long ways. He takes a picture. You can count every point on it. And he showed Adam, and Adam's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. it. I'll take <laughs> it, you know. There's always, like, a criteria that people have in their mind, right, when they come out here to hunt or really hunt anything. You know, some people are like, man, I want a 10-point buck, you, yeah. you know, if it's a whitetail, or I want I want a 5x5 five five muley, or, yep. you know, you, you have this thing in mind, and then all of a sudden you have an actual elk in front of you. Yeah. And, I mean, we've all ki- we all killed great bulls. Like, yeah. honestly, yeah. It, it, some years, every one of these would win biggest bull, and we do a $100 pot, and this year we're at, like, 1800 $1,800, I think it is. And so, uh, but, yeah, every one of these bulls, everybody's like, dude, I would have shot that, I would have shot that, I would have <laughs> yeah. shot yeah. that. But it's definitely different when it's in front of you, oh, and yeah. it's time to go. Yeah, Like, I was expecting, you know, come out, you got seven days. I was like, shoot, you know. I should be able to find a nice six by six, something worthy of my first elk. And I'm not a big rack hunter. I don't really care about the rack, especially with elk. I love elk meat. But for being my first elk, just like my first bow whitetail, I mounted it. So I wanted something decent. And then all of a sudden, like he said, Casey took a picture and I was having uh doubts about it before that then i looked at that picture and i was like eh, yep nope nope that'll work yeah, yeah. <laughs> man that's so cool and it, it's just a cool atmosphere here it at is. camp it's it like is. i hear from plenty of people i'll come back next year even if i don't get a tag yep. you know I'll, I'll be back here hanging out helping out and Billy, I mean, even tonight, he's going to be camp chef next year. He's not buying a tag, and he just wants to come and cook for everybody. Yeah, and that that's going to be nice um, just because if it's your night to cook and you shoot one in the evening and you're not back and everybody else is waiting for supper, yep. you know, it, it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm bringing fresh meat back to camp <laughs> yeah, tonight. Somebody yep. else better cook tonight, you know. Yeah, it's it's just so cool being out here every year and i missed two years and i said i'll never miss again i absolutely love this and yeah it's I a mean, good time it's a lot of time it's a lot of money invested especially for non-residents i mean yeah, tags yeah. over 700 bucks a piece yep but the the time spent out here is well worth the money exactly. even if you don't come home like me you know i'm a huge whitetail or a bow whitetail hunter and right now is our peak in iowa and i just said you know i'm gonna try it this year and after the, i've been out here what a week and a half yeah yeah no i think i'll be missing rut every year <laughs> dude i do i miss the whitetail rut in missouri every year and it drives me crazy but it's totally worth it oh just the just the laughs and the friendships like spagoli over here you know first year met him awesome dude you know first time meeting a lot of these guys and it's it's one of those things that you know i'll take into my life greater than everyone else 
just because of the simple fact of I've got a new bondage with people from what do we say, what do we just count six, six different five, states? Six, five eight. states, wasn't it? Oh no, six, six, yeah. six, six yeah. different states. What what was the states? Uh, we've got Nebraska, Iowa, Wyoming, Missouri, Wyoming, Wyoming, Colorado, and Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we've got what two more first shooters? Yeah. To go. Yeah, we've got two guys who haven't got one yet. No, then and we'll have all first shooters done. What's cool is out west you get a lot of hunting camps where people are like, "Man, you don't invite new people." Yeah. Like this is our this is our spot. This is our spot. At this camp, it, every year we bring new people out, and everyone's on board. Like, dude, I'll give up my first spot yeah. shooting, yep. and yep. we're going to get this person an elk. And if you went in that tent right now, right next door, and said, how many of you guys got your first elk here? I bet you 90% of the hands would raise. Oh, yeah. And they, it's, they're just all about it. And the Lashinsky crew, I mean, all three brothers, their dad, the daughter, the nieces, nephews, whatever, yep. Yep. like – Everybody here is on board with that, and, and they've made it a priority to get other people passionate about the sport that they love. Yeah, they're, oh, yeah. Uh, they're an awesome family. Sean brought me down there, and um, he, was, he was great. He knew <clears throat> where he was putting me and um, put me out there and, and told me you know, where to look and uh, put me in the right spot. And um, he was the first one there to help me bone it out, haul it out. And, uh, yeah, great family. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a place that I'm very grateful for in this whole valley. It, it's treated us well. I mean, we, the one thing that we haven't mentioned is here when you shoot an elk, I mean, it's a team effort getting it out. Yeah. And so with that, we split the meat, you yep. no matter if you fill a tag or don't, everybody takes an equal cut of meat home. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, just everything about this place is pretty cool. So, I'm very grateful for it, and I know you guys all are. Yep, and congrats, definitely. guys. Three first-timers getting a bull this year. That is – I think that's probably a record. I don't know if yeah. there's ever been a year where three first-time hunter or first-time elk hunters have gotten elk. Yeah. Well, I think it's that, and I think it's an overall record because wasn't Sean saying that the most they took out of here was six and three of them were cows? Uh, no, no, they nine. did. They took – Nine, nine three, three of more cows six bulls and oh three cows. okay so but need, i mean we've got we've got another day tags. to go if we get if we, we get two more bulls that's a record on bulls this year one more bull would tie it yeah one more bull would tie it and uh but the meat i mean how many times have we had elk this week like yeah. the amount of wild game that we eat here is amazing you know people aren't buying store-bought meat for the most no. part i mean people are bringing elk sausage and burger and steak and walleye. we're making tacos uh, you walleye. guys made walleye last <laughs> yeah. night which was killer delicious and found out today that if you uh put walleye in salt water and pull them out like boil them in salt water pull them out and dunk them in in butter it tastes just like lobster apparently really so that's going to be a next year we're going to have to put that on the menu for billy there you go <laughs> but it's been awesome and i appreciate you guys recapping your stories i just love hearing it and you know it, just get ready we're going to be telling i i've probably if you've hunted with me more than one day you've heard my elk stories multiple oh, times yeah. you know like it's just how it is we get out there and it's like that's where it all went down and i tell all the details and they're like yeah you told me that yesterday yeah See, but, that's one thing I love here, too, after you shoot your, shoot your elk, you know, even if you weren't there, when we get back and congregate at the end of the night to eat and have a few beers, 
you know, the shooter that day recaps how it went down. Yep. And it's like you were just there. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you were or whether you weren't, I mean, that's just how it is. And I love it because, hell, there's a lot of times that I close my eyes and I imagine I'm right next to the guys. Yep. And it's awesome. Yeah. One other thing, too, um, all the experienced hunters here have been super helpful, sheer information, and um, especially you, you've been, you've been great um, answering questions, sharing information, and I think... Um, yeah, I just thank you, you know, for yeah. everything that you taught me. Man, it's awesome. I, I want to pay it forward because I learned literally everything I know about elk hunting from this elk camp. I mean, I've watched YouTube videos and stuff, but nothing beats this firsthand information. When they're saying, you know, look on these mountainsides, this is what the elk do in the weather. This is what they should be doing this time of year. Like, nothing beats that. Yep. It's it's a classroom yep. Yep. For, for hunting out here. And uh, so, yeah, it's been awesome to be with you guys and you know hear your stories and be with you on a hunt and uh i look forward to many more yes so. and video on it oh yeah <laughs> we got some video that'll be going up well I, i'm hoping next year that i can get a camera like casey so then we'll have three cameras going well i i told them uh i told sean today i was like i'm hoping to have a videographer out here next year Ooh. I might hire a videographer to come out and do it. And That'd I said, cool. I'll make sure it's a non-hunting videographer so that they don't come <laughs> steal our hunting spot. But, you know, we'll get somebody out here so that we don't have to be worrying about that. And so our hands aren't freezing in the bitter cold. Yeah. But uh, uh, thanks for recapping. And uh, I would keep, I mean, we could talk about stories all night long. But, Joe, I think there's probably a lot of glasses empty over there and they're yeah. probably wondering where you are i just appreciate getting me out of being beer bitch for a while <laughs> you're welcome well thank you dan for having us it's yeah thanks, been awesome Sam. yeah yeah thank especially you. getting me in the knowledge you spread with me especially with me and like spigoli said with him i mean all the way from my my vortex scope that i had on my gun to the knowledge of the elk i truly do appreciate it hey absolutely yeah. anytime and uh like i said many more to come so yep thanks Cheers. thanks thank you and that is going to wrap it up for today's show i hope you guys enjoyed that because like this is what it's all about getting people who want to do these things want to experience a new type of hunting a new landscape to hunt in getting them out there and then watching them succeed and in step by step working through the process of how to quarter an elk and debone it and how to hook it to your pack, you know, where we're looking for them, what weather conditions, how they affect the hunt. Uh, th there's just so much that that can't be covered in a podcast episode, but this wasn't the only success that we had. We ended up shooting a total of seven bulls during season. Five of those were taken by first time elk hunters and the final day we got two that morning and so it was just a wild wild season we're gonna have to do a follow-up episode where i have a couple of the other guys on who are involved in that final day hunt oh my gosh man i'm on cloud nine this is it's still unbelievable and i can't wait to get to get everything back uh to get the meat back to get the skull back and i think i'm gonna shoulder mount this one so geez that'll be incredible to have a shoulder mounted elk anyways I'm just, I'm daydreaming. I'm super giddy still from this episode, from this week of hunting. 
and uh, I hope you guys all get to get out there and experience it at some point because it really is amazing chasing these animals out in their their natural habitat in the mountains of Colorado. It's been great. So until next time, get out there and chase a new adventure. <laughs>